I'd like you to think for a moment of your favourite piece of music or your favourite piece of art or natural landscape or book or Bible passage, just something that has always captivated you and moved you and that even though it is so familiar, still has the ability to surprise you and seem fresh and new. It doesn't necessarily change, but your perception of it, the way you experience it, does change. The horizons of it seem ever broader. The complexity is richer than a single taste could comprehend, and there's more to be found in every encounter. I'll give you an example of what I'm getting at. I love all kinds of music. But a piece of classical music that I love is the Allegretto movement in Beethoven's Seventh Symphony. It's a real banger, is what I call it. I listen to it really often, and I'm quite familiar with it. Most of the time, I would listen to it on my headphones, which by headphone standards are really very good. But a while back... I was at a, friend, a friend's place. And this guy has got a very, very high quality sound system. And I got him to play that same piece of music. And it was so vibrant, so vivid, that if I closed my eyes, I could visualise exactly where each instrument was. And in a piece of music I thought I knew really well, I realised my mind, my ears, had only been able to take in a fraction of the reality. It was like the sound was transcending itself and evoking imagery. And the brilliance of the composer was a little bit clearer. And even then, even then, I know I still didn't take it all in. It's like when you're in church here, how often do you hear a piece of scripture read that you must have read yourself or heard read dozens of times? But suddenly, one day, It speaks to you in a fresh way. You notice something different. I hope you get what I mean, because I suggest something like this is happening in the event we call the Transfiguration. There's a wonderful question that comes from the Eastern Orthodox Church about this event as to who is actually being transfigured here? Is Jesus himself undergoing some physical change? Or are the disciples suddenly, if only for a short time, able to see Jesus for who he really is? And they are the ones whose eyes have been transfigured.
See, when we look at the person in the chair next to us or across the aisle, what we see with our eyes is really only skin deep. But if our eyes were for a moment transfigured, what might we really see? We may see each other for who we really are, how God sees us, the truth of our being, and how God sees our friends, our family, uh, people we like and dislike, everybody. The point is, we see only in part. We hear only in part. We take in only a fraction of even our own experience, with some being accessible to our conscious minds, some operating in the subconscious, some unconscious, and some apparently lost to the mists of time, but for God. And even here, when you're trying to focus on one thing, staying awake during a sermon, we naturally filter out a large part of the information coming our way. But what the disciples on the mountain experience with Jesus is those filters being removed. They see suddenly in truth. They, and in seeing the truth of Christ, they see the physical world saturated through with God's life as it really is. So I'd suggest to you that the community that lives in and by God's Spirit is one that looks to Christ as the light with which it sees its engagement with the world. And Christ is the one who illuminates and inspires and binds our life together. And it might sound obvious, but having Christ as the light by who we see the world can actually come down to a choice. It's a lens that we can put on or not in any given situation and moment. Someone or some event may look quite different, very different, depending on the kind of light we try and shine on it. Now, God is surely present and active either way. But the depth to which we see that and recognise it is another matter. It's about looking for the extraordinary in the ordinary. Or even more challenging, looking for the light of Christ in that which, or those people whom, offend us. And that can make a real difference in our communities. Let's say you are out and about and you come across someone on the street who is violently unstable, perhaps under the influence of a variety of substances and has a history of criminal activity, 
on the one hand, our perception of and reaction to such a person may mostly be negative in all sorts of ways. But on the other hand, we might also ask, where is God at work in that person? How does God see this person? If our eyes were transfigured and we saw them by the light of Christ, what might we see? We may see them as made in the image of God, though that image be tragically marred, but it is still there. Now God knows it's easier said than done. And for those who encounter people in situations like I described and have to respond to them in the moment, have an extraordinary challenge, whether they be uh, police, healthcare workers, bystanders, or even clergy who get a knock on the door from someone in such a state. But the point remains, the lens through which we look at things can make a difference, even in hindsight. The tragedy doesn't change. The response that is called for doesn't necessarily change. But the way we see into it does. So an event like the Transfiguration, far from being an event a depiction of something so heavenly as to be of no earthly use, to borrow an old cliché, can actually be one of those events which, upon reflection, can make a real difference to how we live our lives and how we live together as community. The world God made is holy. God is in it underlying it at all times, bleeding through it. So may God give us all eyes to see God at work, to recognise God at work, that our eyes being so transfigured, we may live our lives daily in and by the light of Christ. The Lord be with you. Thank you.